And I was like, you know what? Go to hell, Emo Phillips. I'll do whatever the hell I want to. <laughs> I haven't talked to Emo since then. Hello, I'm Justin. I'm Mark. We're the J-Pops. And we are Attempting Parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 60. Today we're talking about screen time for little babies. But first, the updates. Mark, tell us about Coda and Baby 2. Uh, Baby 2, let's start there because I think I forgot about her last week. So a couple things. We have a C-section date set up now for September 12th. So that'll be the birthday. Wow, you've got a birthday in the bag. That's crazy. Yeah. And the C-section, that's a foregone conclusion. Like it's non-negotiable, right? You did a C-section once and you're roped into C-sections for life now. That's how it goes? That's how it goes. Okay. Uh, Yeah, she's 25 weeks along now and doing very well. Moe had her last checkup a week ago Monday. So yeah, no issues. She's a very active girl moving a lot. You know how they do that 4D scan and you're supposed to get the gloopy face. Mm-hmm. She moves way too much. It's just gloop. There's no face. Oh, boy. This yeah. is a repeat of Coda, is it not? I think Coda was a wild man. We got him one time. I think it was around this stage, but not since. So maybe hers is coming a little bit later. Yeah, another thing. She's like right in the weight range that she's supposed to be in, like right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like when they give you that graph of how your your baby's growing, whereas Coda was always like peaking at the edge of that, just kind of skirting the top limit. Mm-hmm. So I think when she comes out, she'll be a little bit smaller overall than Coda was. Mm-hmm. It could be that um, she just inherits more and takes more after her mom. Yeah. And puts her like in the normal sort of Japanese range because yeah. um, like we had uh, Joe on a couple of weeks ago. Was that just mm-hmm. the last episode? That was the last um, one. Joe, of course, is a uh, he's a man among men. He's mm. a gentleman of stature. Yes. Uh, he's the tallest guy I know here in town. And then, mm. you know, like his daughter is petite and within all the normal ranges. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's just a 50-50 who gets that DNA boost uh, yeah. to be like a, a big person or not. I'm wondering if she's going to get like the same like hair and features that Coda got because mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to have like two like basically blonde kids in japan yeah <laughs> yeah uh that will be i know with my family we definitely had one type of hair on my dad's side and one type of hair on my mom's side and uh i got like the blonde hair as a child that was very thin and mm. uh that disappeared very quickly in my 20s Oh. <laughs> and then my next sister has the thickest, curliest hair, like dark, dark brown hair mm. that you've ever seen. I mean, it's like naturally in tight curls. Um, so could not be further from each other. Yeah. So you could have two kids. I mean, your second kid could have like the lush full head of like black Japanese hair. That's then, true. Yeah, yeah. That That's wild that that's yeah. possible. We'll see. We'll see in... Jesus, three months, four months. Oh my God. Oh boy. <laughs> Dude, this yeah. is this one has gone by so fast. Oh yeah. 
like I feel like we just took like the pregnancy test and then like made announcements and um and then I we looked at the clock and it's like you're just in your sixth month and I'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also I kind of want to wish you like you know enjoy your last three months of freedom and by freedom I mean <laughs> only having one kid tying down all of your free time. So it's kind of crazy because I do feel like when the second one comes it's gonna be like like further lockdown you know as much as one kid is i wonder i think it'll be okay i'm not too stressed out about it anymore i was i was much more stressed out about it in the beginning but you know moe is gonna have another year off so that Mm -hmm. helps out a lot and then her mom's coming over for what three four months to help out so that's gonna be a big weight lifted too Mm -hmm. i mean yeah it'll be a much better first couple months of the baby's life i think and Coda will be in daycare the whole time. So, yeah, we're not just going to have two kids here to battle. But to get along with the updates, we found out that our hospital that we're going to had some policy changes. Mm. So instead of the whole week where I can't go anywhere near them, I guess the day that they do the C-section, I'm able to go in for 15 minutes and then see her, her being the baby, through the glass after she's born so that'll be nice and then every day i'll get one chance to meet with moe to exchange to like drop stuff off for her if she needs it that's interesting because japan as a country has almost dropped all of the uh you know corona like requirements of mask wearing and that sort of stuff but the hospitals i guess are still uh treating it a bit more seriously yeah and this one i think is just more strict than a lot of others because i've heard about other hospitals where the dads are allowed to go in and yeah it's been a lot better this one's just super strict and i think it has to do with like there's more old people here first off so i think they're more paranoid but deep down i feel like not enough people complain about stuff (laughs) yeah and like there's nobody going up like no dad's going to them and being like hey i want to see my kid more yeah and then them realizing like oh hey this is something dad's want (laughs) yeah it is it's so top down as a culture and it's like ingrained in people like well someone at the top said it so let's follow it yeah it doesn't seem like there's a mechanism for making that kind of complaint a lot of times i don't know if there is maybe there's a complaint box that nobody reads (laughs) yeah a complaint (laughs) box that if you put something in it you're ostracized from society uh do you want to do nico before i jump over to coda yeah, that's fine. We had a pretty eventful couple of weeks here. Um, I am going to go ahead and say we had a first step. Oh, is that the video? Uh, yes, we put a video of it up on Family Album. And this was, uh, he's, you know, at that point was 15 months and three weeks or something. So mm. I know his cousin was running at 10 and a half months. Uh, right. So it's... um. I don't know, like every kid's on their own timeline. Nico is like, say, 15 and a half plus. Uh, But he was on his walker and he goes crazy on his walkers now, like the type that you just hold on to with. uh, Oh, like the pusher? Yeah, that sort of thing. He's got a couple of those and he can take them into tight corners. He can turn them around. He can stand and then whip them around to the other side and walk backward. You know, like he can do everything. He can't actually walk backwards to with the walker too. If he gets in a tight (laughs) spot, he can just back his way out. So he has all these walking skills, but he just won't take the steps away from the walker. Mm. But um, 
the situation was uh, he was on one of the walkers. So he was in kind of a walkie mood. And then I went to the door that we usually keep closed from the living room to the uh, gang con to like the shoe taking off area at the front door. And I, I opened that door between those two areas and he loves to get out there because that's where the stairs are. He can climb the stairs, oh. go to his room, go to the drums and like do all this fun stuff. So uh, he saw me open the door and he was like, ah, ah, you know, like <laughs> this little panicked look and like, I want to, I want to go there. And so he <laughs> let go of the walker and then took one step toward uh, where I was. And then he uh, stopped and sat down and then cried. Oh. <laughs> But he was overwhelmed with wanting to go to that door. And so he abandoned the walker and took a step wow. toward it. And my wife, because he was doing so well on the walker, she happened to be filming him at the time. So we got it on film and we saw his oh, first step. It was very good timing. exciting. Yeah. Congrats, Nico. Good job. But what about uh, Coda? Because Coda's been doing his army crawl. He's a very active young man. But has he taken any, like, does he have a notion to walk? I think he's getting there. Yeah, it's slow. I think he's seeing other kids doing it a bunch in daycare. So I think he knows that it's a thing. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if he's placed that it's a thing that he can do yet. I'll see him sometimes like he'll be crawling like hands and knees over to something. And then suddenly like he'll just straighten his legs like he wants to stand, but he doesn't quite get it like Mm -hmm. how to do it. And then yeah. he just goes back to crawling. And then sometimes you, you'll you see him like standing at a table playing with a toy and then he'll just let go of everything, but he won't put the connection that he could actually like move his feet at this point. <laughs> yeah. Nico does a lot of standing and maybe I mentioned it before, but he can from the middle of the floor holding on to nothing. He can just stand himself up. Oh, wow. That's big. Yeah. He'll go from sitting or crawling to just standing in the middle of the room and looking around. He can clap. He can stay up for 10, 15 <laughs> seconds and then he'll go back down. He can hold on to something and look at it. I mean, uh, so that mm. skills there. He just doesn't take steps but i think coda is a man of action and he is a speed demon and i think he'll Dude. quickly realize i can go so much faster if yeah. i use these two legs and i think once he gets a taste then it's off to the races yeah i think so too we have gated off our living room in preparation for this <laughs> yeah <laughs> we have that big island in the kitchen mm-hmm. and on one side of it is like the couch and living area the other side is like all the cooking stuff and i don't know if you've seen videos but we have him like by the fireplace it's like a s pattern couch to island over to the the cabinets and stuff mm-hmm. and he'll he gets over there almost faster than i can walk over there sometimes <laughs> yeah it's wild when they get good at crawling and yeah. they, they can sort of keep pace with you nico does that for sure but i think that that coda will have like a very short period of like oh, I can walk. This is new. That'll happen for like two days and then he'll be sprinting around the house. Uh, That's all right. (laughs) That'll be fun. With Nico, the other fun things in the last couple of weeks, one was um, we really had the first time that he was just with older kids and no Mm. adults in the room. Uh, Mm. And that was at my wife's uh, birthday party last weekend. Uh, Mm. You and my wife are, what do you call it? Birthday neighbors, birthday siblings or something? Yeah, neighbors. (laughs) Yeah, you guys have birthdays back to back. So happy birthday Mm. to you, sir. Oh, thank you. A week late. Uh, My wife, likewise, had a birthday uh, last weekend. 
And we had some people over here again, a bunch of kids and the kids like to draw on his wall, you know, the chalkboard wall. So all the kids came up to his bedroom and then one of them's, I think, 10, 10 or 11. And she's a really responsible hmm. kind of uh, caring, caregivery type uh, kid at that age. Nice. And so um, all the other parents are saying like, oh, yeah, she does so well with our kids. And yeah, she can look after them and that sort of thing. So we were like, yeah, maybe we'll just uh, let all the kids hang out and have a good time. So it's a different scenario because um, at daycare, all the kids are one or two um, right? or babies, you know, not even walking around. Um, but this was like, you know, kids that are in elementary school up to the oldest age of elementary school. And they're screaming and running in circles and picking each other up and just going totally wild. Mm. And Nico just fully held his own in there. And um, everybody's like, you know, kind enough around him and gentle enough and helps him with things. But then they're also kids and they're going crazy. Yeah. And we thought that's kind of, you know, let's test him out and see what he does. So we just left him up there with the kids and he was having a ball. Uh, oh, and, nice. you know, we stayed down, kept an ear out for him. Um, and for maybe 30 minutes or so, it was just wow. him and a bunch of older kids. Freedom. Yeah, it was really fun for him, I imagine, just to see him watch older kids, you know, he's like right. enamored by the things that they're capable of, like, I didn't know you could play this way. Right. And he's just like, so amazed by it. So I think he enjoys every second of it. Uh, we did a similar thing today at a cookout. And he just yeah watches the other kids and, and goes like, he gets really like big eyed and is mm. totally blown away and loves to play with them. Along those same lines, another thing that happened this week was... Um, I took him to the huge shopping center near here, the Haksan Eon Mall, I think it's yeah. called. It's like a brand new, enormous Western style shopping mall. And they have in one of the hallways, there's like a spot where kids can play. Mm. And it's a few steps up to a slide and a couple of little like, you know, places where they can kind of play house or whatever in a little structure. Yeah. And um, I, he can't walk, but he crawls everywhere. And I just turned him loose in that thing. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to stand on the edge and you have a good time. He was a little tentative, but eventually he got in the mode of, I'm going to climb up those steps and I'm going to go down that slide. Oh, nice. And, uh, it's not a steep one, but still I would, when he got up to the top of it, I would go over and help him slide down and then yeah. just set him on the floor and let him go again. And it was crazy to see him, man. I mean, he would just like crawl all around, look at other kids, uh, mm. go up the stairs and other kids were stepping on him and, you know, everybody <laughs> else there was older. But the last two weeks were all about him really mixing it up with the older kids. Mm. And it was interesting to see him hold his own, I guess. Nice. And just kind of get along in terms of like get in a line to go down the slide and to do that himself, which right. is like a social skill. Yeah. Um, and I realized that uh, they have a slide at his daycare and he does that sort of thing. I saw it mm. on a video of the daycare. And so I thought, yeah, maybe he can do this. But it was interesting to see him do it and just sort of play without looking at me every five seconds, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of a, uh, a weird little milestone of just, um, you know, being a bit independent that way. Hmm. I'm still waiting for that phase. I have the clingy coda phase going on still. Yeah. It takes a few, I'd say 10 or 15 minutes for him to warm up to that type of thing. Mm, okay. Um, if I just drop him off in a room full of kids, then he comes back to me and he cries uh. about it. But, um, after 10 or so minutes of me being there with him, then he gets a bit braver. And then it's right. then he's off to the races. Then he is fine with it. That's good. Uh, but it's nice to see it go. 
One other thing about that party, Ayumi's party, this was the first time where we kind of lost track of him as well. Because <laughs> one of the kids had, uh, you know, picked him up and then carried him upstairs, but then came back down. And then oh. we were we were doing something. At, I mean, sh- the kid came back down with yeah. Nico. So, you know, oh, yeah, just carrying him around. That's fine. And then, you know, a minute later, he's back. And we're like, okay. So then he was back with us and we were, I don't know, like giving out cake and, you know, oh. just talking to people. And then we looked around and he was gone. And hmm. uh, I was like, huh, I wonder what he's getting into. No, he's not in that room. He's not in the kitchen. He's not in here anymore. And then I looked in the, like, Gankon area. It's not there. And I looked down the stairs to make sure he wasn't you know, oh, yeah. outside somehow. He's not there. And then a little bit of the panic set in. Yeah. And uh, I told my wife, like, uh, I don't know where he is. We have to let's just find him <laughs> and then we can go back. So we kind of, like, darted around the house and then, sure enough, like, went back. And the kid had taken him again. And uh, just without telling us. So in my mind, he was with us there in the living room. But then I, you know, I I lost him for a second. And that was a real like kind of heart racing panicky moment. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, at least. I mean, it's kind of outside the norm that like he can't get outside. So it's not like he's fallen down the stairs to get outside or anything. But, you know, your mind just kind of goes like, oh, what if he's outside? Crap. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, no drama, but um, that's good. That would scare the crap out of me. Yeah, just a brief panic, and then we were fine. Mm. So fine, in fact, that we let him play up there for like half an hour without paying him another thought. <laughs> what about uh, Coda's updates? This was a good week. The first in, I can't even remember how many weeks. It's the first week he's not gotten a fever at daycare where somebody had to pick him up. Mm. He stayed the entire week and went through a whole, a whole daycare week. Even even the weekend, it's been fine so far. Fingers crossed till tomorrow. But you know, it's been it's been nice, and nobody else has gotten sick, so it feels like a miracle. <laughs> yeah, you guys had like a three week stretch or something of. Oh, dude! I think since we put him in daycare, we haven't had a week where he hasn't had to come home. So beginning of April, two months. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. But I feel like that was a lot of post-COVID Japan loosening everything all at once. Kids mm-hmm. going back to school all at the same time. All sicknesses converging. Yeah. And everybody getting everything for like two months. Yeah, everybody's catching up on like three years of sickness. Yeah. So I think he's just gotten through a lot of sickness that he normally would have gotten. Mm-hmm. And so, and a lot of the other kids too, because it sounds like it was a really bad season for pretty much everybody in there. Even you guys, what, like a week or so ago, same thing? Yeah, we definitely had a sick boy and he still has like a lingering cough. He sounds like an old man when he wakes up in the morning and hacks it up. Yeah, dude, we all still have that cough, Yeah, but we feel good. So I'll keep the cough if that's what it takes. Yeah, he hasn't been lethargic at all, but he has been hacking it up uh, for at least... He had a cough two weeks ago, and he still yeah. gets this like raspiness going on. Yeah, I think that's the RS virus that's been going around that got mm-hmm. really bad. I got it. Coda got it. Moe got it. We've all been coughing, too. I dodged this one, man. Oh, you're a, lucky. I'm a walking god. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just totally, totally good. Uh, yeah, my wife and Co- uh, not Coda, Nico, rather. My wife and Nico both got it, and uh, mm. we're down for the count. Went to the doctor. And, got medicines and everything but i yeah. somehow avoided it 
lucky, especially considering you work in a school. Yeah, things Crazy. come and go in the school. I don't know what's going on. All right. Anyway, um, uh, he Coda started drinking out of a normal cup. I guess this week. That's good. Can he pick it up himself? Uh, I guess he's he's done it a few times at daycare, and it's had mixed results. Yeah, he's he's mostly successful. Mm. Also, mostly messy. Yeah, we don't we don't give him that much freedom here because we have a lot of solid wood floors with cracks in them and. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. It's like they, they have to learn. And in my selfish way, I feel like the daycare is the training ground for all this stuff. Like, yeah. He'll he'll get those skills somewhere. It'll be fine. That's why we're paying you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nico does it as well. He can now drink from a cup with no handles or anything. He can just pick up a cup in his oh, two nice. hands and, and drink it down. But he can get like, you know, three, four successful swigs out of a cup and put it back down on the table. But then mm. the fifth one, he's going to overturn it. So, oh, yeah, you know that it's coming eventually. Yeah. There's another thing that uh, has been kind of cropping up in terms of mealtime and the cup is uh, I dunk everything that I can. Right. You're a dunker. I'm a big time dunker bagel. I'm dunking it. Any kind of pastry dunking it. Just if there's a chance to dunk something in something. Wait, a I bagel too? Oh, I'll be- yeah. Bagel's like number one. That's the oh, first wow. thing that I dunk, man. Um, wow. okay. Anything at all. Love to dunk. And then I thought this is good for Nico as well, because if I give him some bread, it's maybe too dry, but I can get him to like drink his milk a little bit if I dunk it in the milk and give hmm. it to him. Um, so just to be sure he's getting his fluids in and I created a monster because now he refuses <laughs> all things that are not dunked and he'll pick up a piece of bread and then hand it to you saying like, dunk this for me, please. <laughs> and it's really slowed down him feeding himself. Oh. And if you give him the cup, it invariably gets really messy where he's just stuffing bread into the milk and then right. I don't know, yeah, pulling out all these really soggy pieces and throwing them on the floor. So it's horrible, but uh, mm. I understand the attraction of dunking, uh, but that's just something we're contending with day in and day out is now he's programmed to think that everything must be dunked in something. You know, it's amazing the things that that like hold up your kid for like developmental things that you don't even think about. Yeah. You're like, why would dunking be this detrimental? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think this would help with like dexterity or something, but no. Yeah. <laughs> and it, a lot of times it's just getting over that hump because if it takes, I mean, I bet in three months he'll be pretty good at it and you oh, can yeah. just let him go. But it's like you're, you've signed up for three months of hellish, soggy yeah. bread all over the place at every meal. And huh. that's what we're dealing with. Right do they now. do it at daycare? Do you know? I doubt it. I don't think they do. And I would love to see like a fly on the wall kind of like, you know, hidden camera video of him at daycare for a full right. day to see what kind of stuff he's pulling there because he demands to dunk everything here. So yeah. he must be demanding to them to dunk yeah. stuff. I always wonder if the kids are situational. Yeah. Coda will sometimes just be a terrible, terrible little dude and uh-huh. like cry about if you put food on his plate, he doesn't want it. If you put food on a spoon and try to feed it, he doesn't want it. Mm. And it's like, no matter what, that's going to be the worst thing you ever do for him right now. Yeah. And I wonder if, if he does that at school. I don't get the impression he does because all their notes are like, 
he was in a good mood. Yeah. He ate all yeah. his food. And I'm like, who is this kid? Yeah. <laughs> I've speculated to Ayumi because we get the positive notes back as well, that there's probably pressure to not say negative stuff in the notes to like oh. not appear critical or something. Yeah. That's just my thinking on it. But um, yeah, I bet they want to make it seem like, hey, we're doing a good job. Everybody's happy, right? It's all cool. And we're not criticizing your kid either in like the right. best way, unless there's some actual problem. Then right. they probably just uh, exclude all that stuff from the record. Well, I bet they give him a lot more freedom too, to where he can like make a mess or like grab his own food and toss it if he wants. <laughs> yeah, for sure they could. Yeah, so maybe that's what he's getting frustrated about a little. Maybe. Yeah, and I think Coda's probably at the age. I know this is totally true of Nico now at like sixteen months. Actually, he's sixteen months today, as a matter of fact. Oh, nice. Like he wants things to be done the certain way. And right. so if I give him, if I bring over a cup of milk and I try to hold it to his mouth, he's like angry that I'm holding it to his mouth because uh-huh. he wants to pick it up and drink it. And, yeah. you know, that's not a thing for a long time for a baby. They just do whatever you yeah. hand to them and they go with the flow because they don't have any other ideas of their own. But then that sets in at a certain point. So now I've got the thing where it's like, I can't even hand him the cup. He needs the cup to be set down first and he needs to pick oh. it up from the table and drink and then set it down himself to do the full like action. Right. And uh, he won't tolerate anything else sometimes. So right. uh, it's like trying to figure out what's going to set him off any given day and like how firmly he's going to stick to his independent streak on this certain issue or whatever. Yeah. And uh, that, you know, seems to always be in flux, but that's kind of the new thing to deal with, I think. We uh we dealt with a similar thing, not with a regular cup, but with the the sippy cup, the straw one. We were usually just like putting it in, holding it in front of his face, and then he would just go in and and sip. But then he started refusing it, mm-hmm. but also grabbing for it. Yeah, but he didn't want to grab it from you, so you'd have to like just put it close enough so that he could get the idea and grab it himself. Yeah, and then he would do it. But he's off that now. Can't yeah. get him to drink out of a straw at all anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's wild how that stuff comes and goes and you try to foresee it and you try to like build up a little routine. And yeah. no, even when you solve a problem, it's solved for like two weeks and then yeah. your solution doesn't apply anymore. I was just thinking you were talking about that and I was like, man, that sounds like a couple bosses I've had in the past too. <laughs> Where it's like, you're just like, I'm not sure what your mood's going to be like. How do I make this sound like it's your idea? <laughs> <laughs> this is all just coming full circle. Now I have a kid that's yeah. like a terrible boss I had. <laughs> and that reminds me before we head to segment and one Saturday Night Live recommendation that's amazingly hilarious is look up Office Boss oh, okay. <laughs> uh, on Saturday Night or like on YouTube, SNL Office Boss. Uh, the long and short of it is there's a man who has the body of a, well, the body of a man, but all the behaviors of a baby. And he's the boss in the office. (laughs) And uh, it's very funny. Okay. I don't want to watch that then. (laughs) It'll it'll hit too close to home. PTSD. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I've, uh, I've breached the door to segment in, and I think we must now step through it. All right. I'm jumping. Let's go. Segmentopia. Here we are in Segmentopia. 
and um, we're going to talk about screen time for babies. Uh, this came up in some discussions we we're having about like video gaming in the future and what all. And then, of course, you know, screen time is ever present mm. uh, in this day and age. So you have to think about it as soon as the kid is born, basically. I mean, you could be flashing screens in front yeah. of a newborn. So um, just one reference here uh, before we get into what we do. This is from the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, or aacap.org, if you're interested in such a thing. And they uh, recommend the following. We'll go through a few different age groups here. But uh, it says, managing a child's screen time is challenging for families. Your child is never too young for a screen time plan. Consider the following as a guideline. Bullet point one, until 18 months of age, limit screen use to video chatting along with an adult, for example, with a parent who is out of town. I'll pause there. Uh, in our case, this would be like the grandparents who live in America mostly, mm. or maybe uh, your wife's mother lives out of town. So mm. maybe do a bit of screen chatting there. But they say until 18 months, which both of our kids are under this bar here, they say no screen time whatsoever, except for speaking to loved ones through video chat. How do wow. you feel about that, Mark? Mm, I think those people don't have kids. It seems like they made the rule in a vacuum. <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult to to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think on my side, it's that uh, my wife is in the cruise business and sometimes a ship, you know, turns up and she has to go to work at like six o'clock in the morning. So that means when I wake up and when the baby wakes up, it's just the two of us. You know, if he wakes up and he's a bit fussy and needy, then... It's like, I need to be making his breakfast. I need to be, uh, you know, dressing, getting his clothes organized and, you know, doing quite a few things in the house. And if I can just turn on something that I feel is educational, even like a Miss Rachel or Sesame Street, I don't feel too bad about that. And it is limited. Like a Sesame Street episode is, you know, 25 minutes or something. So you can uh, know that there's an end. It's not indefinite all day TV watching. And they're trying to teach about numbers and letters and words and colors and that sort of stuff. Mm. And then the kids' attention is drawn to it. You can prepare something nutritious for them. And it all seems like a positive to me. Right. But um, I suppose that at a deeper level, there are some synapses firing and they're learning to expect entertainment. Right. Like with flashy colors and that sort of thing. And that's probably what they're arguing against in, yeah. in this article. And I got to say, I have experienced this firsthand, the negative of this, because mm-hmm. we kind of dip- relied on Peppa Pig a little bit to help us get through like an evening mm-hmm. sometimes. And now we find that, or at least for me, like if I'm sitting on the couch, a lot of times Koda will try to come up to me and he will start crying and whining, usually expecting me to pick him up, hold him and then put Peppa Pig on TV. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been kind of a relearning how to do things differently to mm-hmm. to get back from that. But it's not to say that it's not possible. It is probably uh, like anything else. If you, uh, yeah, you could just change the parameters. Yeah, and, you know, if you cut them off totally for a week, you might even forget that Peppa Pig exists. So 
Mm. There's there's that kind of thing. Um, not that you have to go so extreme with it. Yeah. But we were talking about this off air a little bit earlier. Um, there were no such limitations that I can remember in my childhood. It was no. like if I'm watching TV and of course, you know, your memory cuts off at whatever age. But if I was watching TV, my parents were like, hey, he's occupied. We can do what we want. Awesome. Right. And I would say that to this day, I freaking love television. It's like my favorite <laughs> thing is TV. So maybe it is playing out in a bad way that I'm like as an adult watching more than I should, or at least feeling compelled to. Uh, but I, you know, am living a somewhat productive life. Like I have a job and uh, <laughs> I do things in the community. <laughs> like I, you know, write for the paper. I graduated from school, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff still happened. Right. And it was unlimited screen time. And to this day, I am in front of a my cell phone or a computer or a television for the yeah. huge majority of the day. Do you find that you're on your phone more than your TV? Ooh, it's a good question. Yeah. I mean, my computer is number one in terms of like working and then yeah maybe a bit of youtube i mean like entertainment wise good question for pure entertainment it must be the tv Mm. tv must be number one i mean i use my phone consistently through the day but it's to listen to podcasts while i'm looking at a different screen you know okay yeah kind of in tandem okay i'm fully into the television uh i love it but uh I still feel like I have a productive life and I don't feel like anything has gone haywire with me. Yeah, I think it, I mean, this comes down to the main question of, I mean, if you really want to get down to it, what's the purpose of life? Yeah. Like, are we supposed to be like the most productive members of society that we could possibly be at every moment of our waking life? Yeah. Or should we be here to experience what we want and enjoy things? Yeah. Yeah. Man, one time I was on um, I was on Emo Phillips's website. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know Emo Phillips. You know Emo Phillips, the comedian uh... from the '80s who talked like this all the time. Uh, I Emo didn't Phillips. even know he had a website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, this is a long time uh, ago, but of course he uh, does. <laughs> I was on Emo Phillips's website, and then at one point it said it was like, on Angel Fire. probably yeah probably it was uh it was a total dog pile affair Uh, but uh i was on his website and there i remember a line on his website that annoyed me and it was like you can click here to see i'll do it in his voice i apologize you can click here to see more of me doing this or you can click here or you could go make a chair and he put in this line of like, you could go make a chair. And he said something like, do pro- to something productive, like make a chair. And I was right. like, you know what? Go to hell, Emo Phillips. I'll do whatever the hell I want to. <laughs> yeah. And then like, what's, I don't know, go make a chair. Fine. I get it. Yeah. Oh, do something creative and productive. Maybe my creative productive thing is like needing me to sit at my computer and write it out or whatever. Like, I yeah, know, that, it just annoyed me. I'll, I'm happy wow. doing what I want. And uh, I haven't talked to Emo since then. Wow. <laughs> I had never talked to him before. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I love Emo Phillips. He's wonderful. Oh, anyway, interesting. it just put me in mind of that. That um, I don't know. It sounds a little bit like uh, there's some judgment going on of you're using your time poorly. Right. But maybe you just want to chill out or. Yeah. I don't know. I, one time I wrote a newspaper article that was published in a newspaper and I wrote it totally on my iPhone. Oh, yeah. You told me about that one. 
Yeah, I was just, you know, thumbing away on the iPhone for several hours. And in the end, it was in a newspaper. And so it annoys me when people are like, get off your phone. Right. You don't know what I'm doing on my phone. Leave me alone. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, that's true. I don't cast all this in a negative light for sure. Mm, I don't either. I don't don't view like TV as negative or video games as negative. The screen time caps that they put on this stuff seem like way too extreme to me. Yeah, I think it's ideal if we're going back 100 years. Sure. Mm -hmm. Then it's feasible, but not now. It's almost impossible. Like how many parents do you see out and about just handing a cell phone over to even a one year old? Yeah. Like it's it's crazy to think that that's doing such a detriment to them that they're not going to be able to function. I think that, like I mentioned before, there's the negative side of uh, just building in to the child the expectation of constant entertainment and constant gratification in that way. I think it's good to build in to the child, like being bored and coping with it. Right. Um, So that's all positive or using your imagination for something rather than having it like sort of manifested for you on a screen. So, yeah, read a book or play with your friends without digital stuff all that stuff's valuable um well maybe the balance here the sort of like thing you could land on is um there's the difference between like putting your kid in a room with a tv or just handing over the phone so that you can then go do something kind of frivolous or whatever right uh but then the other side of that coin would be like putting the show on with your kid and then constantly talking about stuff that's in the show like, mm. oh, that's that character. And yeah, yeah. How about this? How about that? And then like interacting right. with your kid as you're also preparing breakfast and the kids yeah. watching TV, that sort of thing. Or at least having like, it's not a total passive experience if you can right. finagle that somehow. Yeah. And sometimes it is a passive experience because that's how it is with all of us. But, you know, we try our best. Since that's the one that applies to our kids, I think it's good that we spent the time on it. I'll go through some others uh, just Mm. in case you have older kids or kind of see where things are going. The next bullet point here says between 18 and 24 months, screen time should be limited to watching educational programming with a caregiver. Mm. So I think this is pretty much what I'm doing with uh, Nico, though he's several months ahead of the game. They mm. recommend it from 18 to 24. Right. Then it says for children uh, two to five years, limit non-educational screen time to about one hour per weekday and three hours on the weekend days. Dude, I watched so many cartoons as a kid yeah. <laughs> in that age range. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't feel like I turned out terrible. <laughs> I'm not yeah. addicted to TV in any sense. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think this too, from two to five, I mean, it almost seems a bit generous to me because like the non-educational part, if you consider Sesame Street educational and then like a two-year-old likes Sesame Street, then um, Mm, that's not applying to their limitation here. They're saying like one hour of non-educational screen time. So not Rick and Morty. Yeah, exactly. Rick and Morty (laughs) teaches you about the multiverse. That's right. Learn all kinds of stuff. (laughs) But it's like, yeah, this would be total like frittering away your time with some like flashy, crazy Pokemon type stuff, I guess. Okay. Like one hour per day. And then at two years old, you're allowing that. That seems kind of um, like Mm. suddenly the, the floodgates are opening a little bit. Yeah. 
then it says for ages six and older, encourage healthy habits and limit activities that include screens. So this is basically like give up. <laughs> That's mm. what they're saying. Like encourage healthy habits. P.S. It won't work. Yeah. <laughs> I found an article actually on a uh, on video games for older kids. Mm-hmm. And this one's like uh, closer to like nine year old kids. But they did a study of kids who... I guess played in excess to that in excess to that two hours a day that yeah. the American Academy of Pedi- Pediatrics recommends. Mm-hmm. And so they were trying to figure out like, is this actually a detriment to them? And what they found was no, it's not like kids who played these games longer than two hours a day, even had better motor skills and a working memory, faster reaction times and problem solving skills. So I think there are in younger kids to say, like, don't give them so much screen because it desocializes them a bit. But in older Mm. kids, like it actually helps them a bit. There's um, something in a similar vein that I uh, spoke to one of my coworkers about several years ago when she had just had a kid. Uh, She made the argument that um, kids today are digital natives there's right. no way around that. So then if you cut your kid off from all sorts of like interacting with devices, then um, you're kind of taking away some of the right. digital nativism, if that can be the phrase, uh, from that kid. And then she was worried, like, I don't want my kid to be competing with these kids who are like fluent in like digital technologies. And I've kind right. of deprived my kid of digital technologies. So yeah. um, she was handing over the phone from quite a young age. And at that time, uh, which I still feel is a valid point, I said like, yeah, but you're then sacrificing attention span and things of that nature. So Mm -hmm. it's about like, you know, setting some reasonable limits, maybe being sure they have exposure, but not letting them make their own rules about how much exposure they get and that sort of thing. Right. So like everything else, it's probably about finding the happy medium. And I just feel like the zero to 18 months, no screens at all. I feel like there's something to be gained. I mean, I know my uh, my niece was like picking up sign language from Miss Rachel that her parents didn't even know, but because she had Miss Rachel there. And um, uh, I've heard Nico, I know, only says hi uh because miss rachel says hi you know like mm. he i saw him imitate her directly on the screen so it's nice. like there are things that he can absorb yeah and um as long as it's not like flashy a million miles an hour pure gratification tv yeah. I, I don't think it needs to be a, a total zero like they advise but i'm not an expert i'm just yeah. pretending like i am one yeah so take it with a grain of salt but there is something to that especially for us living in japan though and yeah. the main reason we do it is to get more exposure in English and to kind of reinforce that this house is an English household. Yeah. And so I think even though the screen time might be a bit much, I think maybe the language benefits overall balance that a bit. I'm hoping. Yeah, that's true. Uh, just to get more exposure to yeah. uh, to language. There is something about... Um, like if you have a kid and you want that kid to speak French and you put them in front of French television for eight hours a day, they don't actually learn French because like a lot of uh, what you have to do with languages interact right? and you have to test out your language and then see if you get the right responses and stuff. Mm. And that's how you learn that you're doing it properly and you kind of mold how you're speaking. So ultimately you acquire language by communication interaction and the TV doesn't really provide that. But as we were saying before, if there's like, 
you know, you or me or some English speaking caregiver and who's like kind of commenting on it with the kid. Yeah. It can be a great place for the kid to get like multiple repetitions of certain words mm. and then have an adult kind of like verify that, oh, I am, I am understanding this because of what my parents said and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it is probably about interaction with them as they're watching. And then the TV is paying dividends in terms of those multiple exposures. Well, we've solved another one, Mark. Well done, us. We did it. You're welcome. We've earned a trip over to Japati. Yay. I gotta go. Here we are <laughs> at Japati. We'll get through these quickly. Uh, the Japati of the day today. <laughs> That's Japanese <laughs> of the day to you and me. Is Nenne. Nenne. And, uh, you might recognize the the nen. Uh, it's from nemui. You know when you're sleepy. Nemui. It's that same ne. Okay. And uh, it's it means sleep, but the n e n nen is uh, like a childish way of referring to sleep. So uh, my wife pointed this out to me as a good Japanese of the day, and I've heard Nico say this. Because hmm. since it's a childish reference to sleep, it's what the daycare workers use when it's nap time oh. at the daycare. So then they'll be saying ne to the kids to get them to right. lay down and go to bed. And then Nico starts saying ne about uh, going to sleep himself. Yeah. So this one, I, I think my first exposure to this term was from my baby. And mm-hmm. then... Uh, my my wife brought it up already and, teaching you yeah brought it to my attention <laughs> so uh it's a babyish version of sleep and babies will say mm. it and they'll hear it but that ne on the end that that goes with a lot of stuff like you could say well, like anything ne and that just means like how about it yeah but this is um i don't know what that ne means i asked my wife specifically if that ne was like the desne and she yeah. said she didn't feel like it was the same ne. Oh, really? Uh, she could not identify what that ne was. Maybe so, the, the daycare is saying it that way, but then the kid's not understanding it and they're just repeating the word. It could be. I think, though, I, I looked on Google Translate for this. I typed in ne ne and it said sleep, just cold, <laughs> a cold sleep. sleep. So the nay was part of it. Um, oh. So somehow it's built in, uh, but it is of mysterious origin. I don't know As if it is. most like a... Japanese is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might just be the childlike repetition sounds cute and that's how it oh. goes. Or it could be connected to the desne, that nay. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay, interesting. Nene. Yeah, just about. Yeah, we're <laughs> nearly there. Uh, let's rush over to McQuiffy. Okay. I will be McQuiffing ye today. Uh, here's my McQuiffing. Oh, glad we're virtual. And it's, uh, I've noticed that in Sesame Street, this is my one gripe with Sesame Street. I love the freaking Muppets. I love Sesame okay. Street. I think it's wonderful. Okay. But I've noticed that, and this might just be my problem, but that Elmo very openly says, I love you to the kids watching him Uh, and he like directs it to the audience, to those children. Mm. And it annoys me that Elmo does this. And my question for you is, does it annoy you if there's sort of like a, 
I don't know. I, I see that it's positive, but it's like uh, they're taking the emotion out of context and then misapplying it to the audience. The audience is a kid who doesn't know what's going on and trying right. to learn about these things like love and what that means. And then to hear like a puppet say it through a screen, it seems to be like diluting the message of what that word actually is for. And that mm. annoys me. So do you see anything like that? Or does that seem like a weird hang up of mine? I do find that a bit weird. I find most things about Elmo irritating, though, mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. I don't know. We don't watch a lot of Sesame Street because Coda's not really into it. Uh, so I haven't experienced it much with him. I would be weirded out a bit, though, if I if I did hear it. It caught on with Nico. He's a big fan. but uh, And Elmo is known as the Red Menace in Sesame Street, like <laughs> adult communities, because Elmo really came in, like, say, 20 years ago, and he really pushed out Kermit, you know? Like, Kermit oh, yeah. was sort of, I mean, Big Bird living on Sesame Street was the main Sesame yeah. Street character, but they would cut away and do, like, the Kermit gags and stuff. Uh, but once Elmo got to be the biggest deal in the world, it kind of cut out the time for those other things. And now Kermit doesn't show his little green face around Sesame Street anymore. That's too bad. And a lot of the good gags and stuff were with Kermit. So Elmo's like, you know, he's supposed to be three years old and he's very childlike. And yeah, a lot of the the ones that are made for the adults, like those jokes and stuff are, are not there anymore. Mm. So, yeah, Elmo, he rubs me the wrong way. I wish he weren't like half of all Sesame Street anymore. Yeah, um, but he is and I can't fight that. So at least I wish he'd get his acts together and just like <laughs> the I love you thing. Maybe the argument is that some kids out there are not hearing it and it's nice to at least have the words in their lives or something. Sure. But still, it's not authentic. And I think that they should go for authenticity as best they can when they're sort of teaching kids about things, you know, right. They can show the numbers and show the letters and there's no difference whether you learn it that way or another way. But like saying, Mm. I love you. It's like, well, what does it even mean if a a weird puppet says it to me? Man, it seems so sad to me to think about some kid out there saying like turning on the TV to say like, Oh, I love you. Good night, Elmo. Yeah. And like, that's his like connection. It is sad, and maybe it's doing something to really help that kid. Maybe. I don't maybe. know. But um, it just kind of uh, it irks me when Elmo says that. And I'm like, oh, this is not what the whole emotion is supposed to be about. Do you do anything when when you see it and then you hear it? Do you, like, say, like, I love you to try to, like, get his attention away from it or maybe ground it more in reality? I assume right now it's all sort of just washing over him and mm. uh he's not really making the connection do you say it a lot in general to him uh yeah i do okay so he hears it pretty often yeah. then. Okay. so he's he's at least getting the exposure from the the real way and then kind of the tv way right yeah that's uh that's just one weird little thing yeah it is weird well, i agree all right well we can wrap this up with some dad jokes okay and uh <laughs> I've got one. I'm going to I've I've gone ahead and blown the cover. I'm going to go ahead and set it up. This is really for Brian. Uh, <laughs> we love Brian. Uh, Brian Fukuoka. And uh, I thought that this is a norm joke. Uh, OK, but I thought it's kind of a dad joke, really. I mean, okay. it's a dad joke, but then like a dad joke that just the cells can't stop growing <laughs> and it <laughs> gets away from itself and it, you know, collapses in like a star. But um, 
So this is a norm joke. So a frog goes in to a bank to get a loan. Okay. Right? The frog goes <laughs> into the bank to get a loan. He goes to the uh, the bank manager's office and he says he wants a loan and he says he wants it for a million dollars. And the bank manager says, uh, okay, I mean, a million dollar loan. Um, you, you're going to need collateral for that, for sure. So then the frog opens his little satchel and he pulls out like a <laughs> tiny porcelain statue <laughs> and for his collateral. And he sets it on the um, the bank manager's desk. And uh, the bank manager says like, well, I don't know if that's going to be enough collateral for a million dollar loan. And, uh, you know, is there anything else you can give us? And um, the frog says like, well, um, if it helps, um, my my father's quite wealthy, actually. And um, he's Mick Jagger. My dad is Mick Jagger. <laughs> and the bank manager's like, oh, my. Well, if your dad's Mick Jagger, I'm sure we can work something out on this loan. So um, he, he's like, yeah, we can do it. We can do it. So. He is going to get the paperwork together. He calls in his um, secretary, uh, Miss Wack, and she she rushes, rushes in. Her name's um, uh, Patricia. And so Miss Wack comes in, and then she sees <laughs> the scene, and she notices the um, the tiny porcelain statue on the desk, and she's like, "What is what's what what's going on? What is that?" And then the bank manager says. It's a knickknack, Paddywhack. Give the frog a loan. His old man's a rolling stone. Uh, as soon as you said whack, <laughs> oh, I, gave I, it away. I, I heard this one coming. <laughs> oh, man. That's the part you got to sneak in. Yeah. You got to yeah. let them know that it's Patricia Whack, and that's hard yeah. to do. It is hard. Yeah. That was good, though. Nice. Okay. <laughs> do you think that that's kind of a dad joke? It's just kind of like a play on words. But it's like the norm exponent. It's dad joke-ish. It's definitely too long for a kid's attention span. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> or anyone's. But it, it worked for me, so I'll that's take good. it. All, All right. I got, I got three more. Holy God. Okay. All right. I got a quick one for you. I owe a lot to sidewalks. They've been keeping me off the streets for years. <laughs> That's good. That's pretty good. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, this next one you'll like. Again, not a question. The future, the present, and the past. Walk into a bar. Everything got tense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw that one coming. <laughs> I teach grammar. It's in my nature. <laughs> yeah, that was for you. Okay, this last one. What nonprofit organization would Jesus not support? <laughs> oh, well, uh, I don't know. Atheism. Non-profit. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I got it. Uh, Thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at JPops Podcast or by email at info at thejpops.com. Talk to you next time. Howdy whack time. <laughs>